Welcome to the new Game Old Flame podcast, the podcast where we talk about new games for old platforms. I'm Wido and I'm joined by Andy. Hey! And Diego. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy, Happy new, new Year. Year. Happy New Year. Did you guys have a good uh, New Year's Eve? Uh, well, it could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> we had plans, we had plans, but they were kind of uh, all rendered useless by a wave of flu in the family so we just stayed together and uh, we did play we did play games oh really but we couldn't really move move or had guests unfortunately like physical so, games or uh video games yeah of course yes of course video games <laughs> <laughs> not board <laughs> games or stuff like that like a family, we, normal family we had plans, behavior. <laughs> we had plans to do that with friends, actually role-play games. Okay. But, uh, well, it didn't happen. And uh, But we are looking forward to, to celebrate a fake New Year's Eve with the same friends in a few, few days or weeks, whenever everyone is feeling healthy again. Maybe no. you can do that uh, during uh, Chinese uh, New Year. Oh, when is that? <laughs> I think that's in summer or something. I don't know. It's totally, it's totally different. But there, at least it's not cold uh, in Finland. Uh, then could be a, a nice change. Yeah, it's been really, really cold and freezing. Doesn't really, doesn't really explain it. Well, explain it then. I mean, at well. that level, I guess that there are other substances that freeze. I'm sure, but not water. Water is long, solid. So <laughs> we've been around minus uh, 25, minus 30. Wow. Something Celsius. like that. <laughs> For the I American business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's basically zero Fahrenheit or something like that. Or below, below a few below zero Fahrenheit. Wow. So really, really cold. And um, well, the bright side is that it's um, the sky looks very nice when it's really cold because as a matter of fact, it's cold because it's not cloudy. So mm, yeah, we have the same here. So it looks great, but uh, well, we did actually go out. Those of us who were not affected by the flu, but uh, you have to be very well prepared, very well covered, and we just didn't do more than a little bit of walking around the neighborhood to the lakes that are half a kilometer away not, not much more than that because it's it's taxing a bit i have a question though you're talking about the sky so when it's so cold is there anything flying in the sky flying yeah like birds or are they all dead or are they no frozen? of course well yes they are flying they're alive and minus <laughs> 25 oh, my god <laughs> some birds are really resistant We've been uh, visited by deers in those days. And they didn't fly notoriously, but <laughs> yeah. any birds? Didn't fly, but meaning they at least they were alive and well. Oh, well. I had my first work day uh, in this freezing cold. Uh, it's not that cold. It's uh, like minus five here or something. But I had to work outside uh, with bike messenger. 
as a bike messenger. And I had like sort of something new I found in the shop where you can, if you like a, like a little sack which you can open and then it gets really hot for like six years, six years, no, six wow. hours. <laughs> <laughs> and you can put it in your, uh, in your glove. So uh, I put those in my gloves and uh, actually uh, I had pretty good time, except my eyes were really like almost freezing. If I was cycling, all the wind in my eyes, it was really uh, the most, uh, it's pretty, pretty painful, but uh, the rest was uh, fine. And uh, yeah. And Andy, uh, did you have uh, a nice uh, New Year's? Yeah, it was um, very nice, in fact. So, well, I went to Italy um, to see my family with the kids, and it was just a brilliant time. Um, they hadn't seen them for so many years, and we sat all down together, and we played a card game. Uh, so that was really nice. The New Year's Eve was nice. All my friends came over, and then we played all together. I've got some lovely videos, and good memories from that night we have nice. however also been been playing not not strictly uh, new year's eve or new year's day but during the holidays we've been playing inscription and everyone is hooked my daughter my son myself all of inscription us. yeah well it's not a, a child's game though <laughs> i know uh i think my my children have got over the 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 creepy aspect and now we're on the second act so it, okay. the creep it's all gone for now yeah it's it's it gets less creepy it's it, yeah it's a bit of a spoiler maybe but uh, yeah it gets le less creepy let's let's say that <laughs> cool very good nice that you uh, that you also got hooked onto it uh, it's one of i think it was my favorite game uh yeah. of, of uh this year of 2023 i think i, I also I, got I, the other game that you suggested which is Death's Door. Oh, yeah. That's also a great one. I have not even started that. But that's totally different. It's more like a Zelda, top-down Zelda game. More combat-focused. But It was an also awesome. Yeah, it looks really <laughs> cute and it's really cool. It's maybe a little bit tough, but uh, not too tough. Nice. Cool, cool stuff. Okay. Yeah, and uh, well, uh, let's talk about my New Year's. <laughs> I just had a couple of uh, friends over. And uh, yeah, we had a dinner here. And uh, in the Netherlands, we have a lot of fireworks. Uh, uh, everybody is spending crazy amounts of money on fireworks. And when it's 12 o'clock, everybody uh, fires it up. And um, fortunately, my neighbors had like, I think they invested like 800 euros in fireworks. <laughs> so uh, I, oh I, could, uh, I could just uh, stand there and watch it. But uh, it's always very dangerous in the Netherlands with uh, with the New Year's Eve because people get really crazy with the fireworks. It's, um, they're trying to scale that down, but there's a lot of resistance because people love it. Uh, and I, I watched a video. A friend of mine was in uh, San Francisco when it was New Year's Eve, and he made a video of it. And it was just uh, they're watching at the screen, counting down, and that was it. And I thought, Where's the fireworks? Where's all the party? <laughs> so for me, it's really like tradition. And I, so it's really weird if I, there's no fireworks, but sometimes in some neighborhoods, it's like a war zone. It's like you can't see anything anymore because of the smoke and uh, you only see flashes and hear <laughs> really loud bangs. And, uh, nuts. and at, like the, the police, the ambulance and the uh, firemen are all 
really, really busy on, uh, on those uh, day on that night because yeah, people just blow off their hands and uh, shoot out their eyes or, <laughs> or something like that. So uh, it's, uh, it's sort of a crazy party uh, here in the Netherlands, but fortunately no accidents uh, this year. So uh, no, good. Yeah. We're so with a plus. <laughs> did you eat anything good? Sorry? Did you eat anything good? Yeah, we, we made um we we made the dinner ourselves and uh we made a vegan cheese fondue. Wait. Oui. So, uh, like the Swiss uh the Swiss uh, uh do you know that? The cheese fondue. I know about cheese. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah I know about cheese. Yeah, yeah. So you dip dip bread and all those kinds of stuff in molten cheese. But of course it's not cheese. We make it with uh the main ingredient is uh, cashew nuts. Mm, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it really tastes like cheese and uh yeah, it's really good, but it's also a lot of work to make, and uh, yeah, also pretty expensive because you have to put a lot of cashew nuts in there. So it's like a thing we do maybe once a year. And now we had a lot of friends over, and we had to, first we had the, a cheese fondue, and the, after that, as a, we had the chocolate fondue. So uh, so everything was fluid. Mm. <laughs> everything was fluid, <laughs> hot fluid, with where we could dip stuff in, and it was really good. Okay, hang on in there a second. Uh, so you actually cooked it from cashew yourself? Yes. Because I, I thought when you were saying it, I thought that you actually were using some vegan cheese. No, no. And I was uh, going to ask how it melted down properly, but instead you started from the real basic ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put uh, like uh, unsalted cashews in water for I think a night or something. And then you uh, uh, grind those up and put a lot of like miso paste and uh, uh, uh-huh. sounds lovely. Uh, well, you call you put a lot of stuff in there uh, to make it uh, taste like cheese, but you have to grind it really like it, so it's like fluid, so it's like a, a cheese-like structure. And uh, also, I think coconut oil is in there to make it more. Mm, oil- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then you just, just stick bread in there and uh, eat away. It's really nice. <laughs> so what is the key addition that makes it taste like cheese? Because cashews don't taste like cheese. It's, to start um, with. how do you call that? Um, nutritional yeast. Okay, okay. So the miso is maybe for the saltiness, but not exactly. Yeah, but there's also flavor. like a fermented taste. Miso mm. and nutritional yeah. yeast is really like a cheese. Yeah, we also use that on a lasagna or something. <laughs> Just to put uh, to make it a little bit more like cheese. So uh, yeah, but that was a really okay. good time. A really nice, uh, yeah, little party in our home, and we ate. That sounds lovely. A lot. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, this episode is all about our game of the year of 2023 maybe a little late uh, a lot of people already did this but uh yeah we had stuff to do <laughs> and, and a lot uh, and some sort of a retrospective of yeah it's more like a retrospective it's not about only the games uh released in 2023 but mostly the games we played uh last year so uh yeah uh, we we're going to do that but first we have some general topics to discuss and first of all, uh, we got a, a message from MT 
the NES. I think he's a developer, right? Or is he a designer? I think he's more like a designer, but he made mm, a lot of uh, so, yeah. uh, NES games. And uh, because of we suddenly got into rating a game, like Good Boy Galaxy, we just started rating randomly. I wasn't prepared or something. But he said, yeah, um, why? And we also said about Good Boy Galaxy, yeah, it's a perfect game. And so we are going to give it a 9.8 or something. So he thought, why, uh, why a 9.8 and not a 10? So my question to you, does the perfect game exist? And does a game exist uh, which gets a 10 out of 10? And maybe uh, Diego can start off. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right, so does the perfect game exist? No, but it doesn't even make sense, in my opinion, to, to ask yourself if a game is perfect, because... I don't think that's the purpose of a game. The purpose of a game is it is to entertain whoever plays the game. Mm. Have fun with it. I know it's a little bit, uh, well, <laughs> maybe disappointing definition of it, but uh, I don't have any better. But that said, it means that I would totally give a 10 to a game. It doesn't need to be perfect. It's, it's a lot about... Uh, Mixing up the direct experience, of course, I have only my own direct experience and I have to trust it and others have just to accept that it is my own experience. With also my, say, rational considerations on the quality, the depth, the care that has been put into the game, that also matters, of course. But uh, I also have to say, when you ask me to rate Good Boy Galaxy, I wasn't prepared as well. <laughs> We've never done it before. So I just instinctively said uh, 9 in my case. And in my case, it was because instinctively I remember that I loved how that game had really a lot of depth, a lot of surprises. So it was really fun. But more than once, it also made me very frustrated. Mm. So um, I think if I had, say, a week to think about the grade, I probably would have ended up giving the same nine to okay. the game. And maybe the grade is more like a gut feeling thing and not really like a thing you can really measure because there's always a mistake, I think, in a game. There's always something to be said about a game. And does that... Uh, lower the grade that's more like a feeling than like is it is it is that flaw is that something you really bother with or is it just something that's there and you can just uh, look mm. away from so i think maybe grading a game or any form of art piece for myself i think it's more like a thing of gut feeling you just can say it like um Instantly, I, I I don't think you can overthink it, this, but I don't know e either. What do you think, Andy? Well, I think that um, <clears throat> um, so if you never give a, a game a ten, no no game is ever going to get ten. So what's the point in having ten? True. I th I think that every now and again, and I think MT was about saying the same thing. I think, not too sure. However, 
I, I thought about this. So no game ever gets 10 because there's no, never a perfect game. So what is the point in having a uh, 10 number? Um, so I think, I don't know. I think I would go more what you said, Rido. So if I have a gut feeling that that game is going to keep me entertained for a long time and I can't put it down, yeah, it has some frustration, but it's one of the best games I've played. I, I, it was me who gave it a nine. It was me who said there is never a perfect game. But since then, I reconsidered. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yes, just plainly because what what are you going to do? You know, uh, you're never going to be able to give um, a game a ten because it, you, that it doesn't you can't do it. So for me, that doesn't really make too much sense. Um, well, it depends how you rate. I think if I um, I listened to the Polykill podcast and uh, one of the hosts said something really interesting. He said, you can rate a game and start with a 10 and uh, extract the number down if you find flaws. But you can also start at a zero. And every time you find something good, you can add up uh, uh, the, your, your, uh, your number. So you can get a number higher. So you can either way, work from the 10 that's a perfect game. And if you find a flaw, it's maybe a 9.8 or a 9.5. Or you start mm-hmm. with a zero and you think, oh, this is fun. That's two points. That's fun. That's five points. And then you rate, you go up to the 10. I don't know. It's maybe a different way of rating it. To be honest, I would never do either. <laughs> I think um, uh, the first one, it like starting from perfect score and subtracting. Now that is something that uh, people have been doing with me at school, for example, that's typical. Mm. Like 10 is if you don't do any mistake and then you go down. But I also remember uh, very bad experiences as a student like that, meaning ending up with with, um, some teacher using that method and and then taking a look at a, as a proportion, what did you do right, and getting a bad low grade, even if you did eighty percent, mm. which doesn't sound bad because it's it's so much easier to go into the lower votes like that. And uh, yeah, that is the way that it's very difficult that 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 a game would end up having a ten. You start looking too much at possible room for improvement, and that's not fair, in my opinion. The other method, hmm, that sounds a little bit even impossible, maybe with games. Like, uh, how are you gonna increase from zero? Uh, it sounds to me like if you play longer, it gets a longer, long, a higher grade, because you will find more points where you're having fun and I, I really wouldn't even be able to do that the second one <laughs> but the first one i wouldn't do because i don't think it's fair maybe and you start in the middle like start with a five and go up or and go down either like mm. but maybe we just have are, to dis- there are both there are both things that mm, they i don't like the sound of either of these <laughs> because there are ga- there are games that have they don't have much going on, but they just work. Like True. Yeah. one of your favorite, Tetris. Yeah. One of your favorite. But how many things are going on in Tetris? 
Three. True. Yeah, it's, it's a really <laughs> no? basic game. So, yeah, yeah. So it it doesn't work the same if you take uh, an RPG or a strategy game. There's a million things, a million details that can be great, and if you start from zero, you quickly get to ten or mm. Yeah, yeah. each of which might have a flaw and then if you start from 10 same game you get a low grade because ah but it has five flaws yeah but you have a hundred good things so, uh, yeah that's why i say neither method really strikes me as a good way hmm. maybe there's this old traditional method of uh, magazines also of the 80s and 90s to evaluate uh, separately the graphics, the sound, the playability, the depth, uh, the number of levels, and then try to average. That might be yeah, a but kind of sometimes a mathematical method. How do you grade the graphics of Tetris, for example? Sometimes yeah. games just do, don't, exactly. don't look like much. And don't need, and they don't need it. That's why so, I said what I said before. Like when you, it's not it, the the game is the sum of its parts. And if you're super entertained and you can't put it down, and you know, then that that is when no matter what the graphics are, no matter what the, the sound or gameplay, everything together is amazing. And then that's I think when you, that's what you you said it would be this yeah. the gut feeling overall when you when you're playing it. So uh, my question to you guys. Does rating a game like this with a number even make any sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only fair conclusion I can get to. And um, so, Dunno. at a single grade, at a, at a single single review level, no, it doesn't help. So I wouldn't want to go the rabbit hole of thinking carefully what is a rational method to rate a game because it wouldn't work the same for all types of games it's really difficult but on the other hand now if you look at it from a statistical point of view you mm. get 1000 people giving a grade even if each person has its own internal method now when you put everything together and make an average well, that is going to tell you something. It's going to tell you that asking a thousand people, more or less, the game is in this ballpark. Mm. It's a uh, very high, mid, very low. That's what basically systems like IMDb does for movies or Metacritic. If you look at if you look at if you look at the reviews of on IMDb. Hmm. Well, my suggestion is don't look at the don't look at the reviews. Some people are very serious and write a long explanation of why they gave a seven. But a lot of people, maybe they say, oh, I had a lot of fun because I I was with my brother that I hadn't seen for ten years and we had lots of fun. Ten. And another <laughs> yeah, person sure. says, I thought it was <laughs> funny. I wanted to see a funny movie, a comedy. It was a horror movie. Nah. Zero. <laughs> but yeah. what sense does it make? It's not the reason why the movie was made of. So that's but interesting. If you take 1,000 people together and see mm, yeah. the average, it gives you an idea. And that's what I usually just look at, to be honest. I, th I think this segues nicely to our next topic. And that's um, the open letter of Gumpy function. Uh, 
I, you guys probably read it. Um, yeah, I did. He basically, to make it really short, um, he just wants more honest, critical reviews for uh, homebrew games. And in this case, it's all about the Game Boy uh, homebrew games. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it could count for every homebrew game, uh, in my opinion. Because he said, be, um, because of those new, all those frameworks, there's a lot of Game Boy games released without any reviews and they just say, okay, uh, buy my complete in-box copy of this game for like, sometimes I see fi 50 euros or something. And uh, you don't know what to buy, uh, what you buy uh, when you buy that. Just, you only see like a picture and there's no any, there's nowhere uh, any critical reviews to be found. and. What, the, what for us uh, the, the main thing is, uh, are we actually reviewers who make critical reviews? Do we see oh, I mean, us, ourselves like that? I don't know, maybe Andy... Uh, can you existential question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so for me, I, I would say, so I read all the article, very long. Mm. Uh, I think that um, I wouldn't put us as reviewers. I think it's um, Scumpy Function says it's a very hard place to be to be a reviewer because the reviewer influences the market. The reviewer then has a bit of a, a conundrum to face where you know you you kind of maybe put let's say a spanner in the works for the people who are doing it. If you give them a negative review, you have relationships with the people that are making the game that can go wrong. There's so many things that are difficult to, um, to deal with if you are a reviewer in that respect. So I think we shouldn't be reviewers also because a reviewer also is a, is a professional person. I mean, we're just a bunch of people that love games. Mm. We had this over, all over the world and we just like games. We like playing games. However, my stance is more okay. Let's be let's people who let's be people who love games. Very similarly to Gumpy Function, also because there is no time. If, if we were professional reviewers and reviewers, we would actually need to review a lot more games because it's only it would be fair to review other games as well, and not fair that we review certain games and not other games, and we don't have the time for that because we are people that have lives and family and we can do what we can do when, when we do it. Yeah, of course, but um, who is the reviewer for homebrew games then? There is no professional. No, there is no professional. There, there will be. There will be. Uh, maybe we'll become it. Maybe in the distant future. I don't know. But currently, I have a full-time job. I have a family uh, and plenty of other stuff going on. And uh, yeah, I can't it's hard to record these episodes as it stands. Imagine if we actually had to play so many games. We do. You could be a reviewer because you play <laughs> 7 million games. So, yeah, maybe you're the right person to be a professional reviewer. Yeah, but um, what does it take to be like a critical reviewer? Do you have to be paid for that? Why? Not, not uh, really paid, I think. No, no. I, 
I agree on uh, the quantity problem that we we have a limited bandwidth, so to speak. So it, it's quite natural, at least for me, to gravitate around games that I like and not spend that much time on games that uh, I don't like. Mm. So, of course, I try many games, but honestly, games that don't captivate my interest in the first uh, at the first try, I'm not very likely to get deeper into the games and into those games and just to be able to talk about them in a negative way. True. Not to mention that we have limited bandwidth and limited pockets, so we of course when we also have to buy the games usually and unless we are lucky to get a review copy well that's something uh, gumpy function also says in the letter that uh, publishers has to be open to send around copies to reviewers to get those reviews out mm. even before the release of the game uh, so uh, people can check if it's actually a good game or not and what he said, he compared it to like the Atari game crash, uh, the famous crash where like the, 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 the market got flooded with all kinds of games, maybe good games, but a lot of trash games as well. And yeah. uh, yes, people yes. just don't buy games anymore if, if they bought like 10 games, uh, like homebrew games, and they're all crappy. And then <laughs> they say, okay, homebrew games, those games are not for me. I never... Uh, play these anymore and I had people like I said which I talked to like I have a homebrew podcast where I uh, uh, discuss these kind of games and they say yeah I'm not interested in uh, in uh, homebrew games because uh, I play my AAA games and uh, those are made by professional studios so those games are better and I think these homebrew games or yeah this may be a, like a, not a great term either I, maybe there should be a better term for homebrew games, but I think that's the general term everybody uses. But th those are also professionally made games sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's starting to become more and more apparently. And I'm also, I read that um, people are investing significant significant amount of money in them as well, which I didn't know. But some of them, yes, I didn't know. But a significant, my God, I can't say this. Significant amount of money. What does that mean? You know, is it millions of uh, pounds of dollars or, or euros? I mean, then yeah, they must be careful, yeah, because mm. it's not easy to make a good game. No, true. Uh, but yeah, um, I think uh, we should maybe maybe that's an idea to do sort of a rapid fire uh, episode or something to also bring if they send us a lot of games. Maybe we can uh, review them shortly or something. Like uh, even if they're not that great, uh, you don't have to fire fire them. Like uh, like say they're trash, but maybe if you have like a honest review, you can maybe also the the developer can learn from that. If you can say uh, what's wrong with the game, then maybe the next game will be better. So that could be also very useful for the developer themselves. So. I think, yeah, uh, of course, I totally agree with, with that article, that letter of, uh, of Gumpy Function, but it's a little bit, fun. where is our stance in this? Because now, if I get sent a game from someone who made a game, 
then I feel like sort of honored. And then I, it's har- already harder for me to do that honest review, maybe. Uh, yeah. But if I get like 10 of those every month, then it already got, gets easier. So, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But so what, what's our stance then? I, yeah, I've got my idea, but what's yours? Um, for me, I, I, want, I want to be that reviewer. And even because we, we're not getting paid for this, but I, I just want to be honest and I, I, I want to, um, yeah, if, if it's a mediocre game, I'll just say it. And, uh, and I think we did that, for example, for the NESDEV episode, yeah. we, we just said, okay, this is maybe not that great. It could be improved here and there. And why not? Mm. I think we're already doing something quite quite good now. Uh, I think we've become better. I, I did slate one game, to be honest, uh, but it was only one, and it happened, uh, and it was the, um, the one that I couldn't pronounce, and I still cannot think of the name again. <laughs> Knight and Holy Armor. I think that was the only game I, I really slated, um, just for the fun of it, really, and I shouldn't have done that, but um, I know. Everyone makes mistakes. I made one, and... And that's the only one. But I think the rest, uh, we've always t- took initially a bit of a cautious approach when we started the podcast. We started saying things very lightly, not to get anyone offended. And as we went on, um, I think Diego was pushing this, especially before even you joined. And he was telling me, but if a game's bad, it's bad. And I said, yeah, but we can't really. Uh, I mean, are we going to say th- this guy's put so much effort in and then... And then we're just going to say it's bad. I mean, and then he will, he'll be feel like really disappointed and maybe a bit down and he won't make any more games. So I, mm. I said, at least at the beginning, I didn't know what to do. So I said, well, let's just try and keep it on a natural note. And then if it's good, then we'll make it uh, sound that it's good because it's, <laughs> it's worth it. I think it's that's difficult. your British uh, politeness uh, side of you. <laughs> but we've become better since then. So since then we have... Um, we have improved, I think. We have always said that, you know, we, we have started to point out the bad things and the good things. And I must give you credit here, we do that you are the one who always try, tries to find the redeeming qualities. Mm. And we will try, well, we try and as well. And if we haven't, we'll try as well and find the redeeming qualities of a game and be constructive. And especially in the latest episodes, I think we've been constructive. We've given ideas on how it could be imp- the games we tried could be improved. We we have given uh, opinions on why we think that the, uh, our opinion may, might be negative in certain under certain aspects, and we never just uh, talked and said, "Oh, this is, this is not good," and, and that's it. Especially again in the la- in the latest episode. So I think we're we're on a path to progress to become maybe those reviewers later on. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have uh, something <laughs> to uh, say about it, Diego? Still? No, no. I, I was just uh, maybe add that uh, I think I would probably have a different attitude towards uh, games that are like free or name your own price mm. versus game that instead come with a price tag. Instinctively, I think I would be I would go much easier on games that people don't ask money for. True. Yeah. And uh, 
But if it comes with a price tag, especially if the price tag is not small, say double digits, I would expect more. But and uh, I yeah, would that's, probably that's be, okay, I think. Be, be more demanding and critical. Yeah, like nothing. there are games that are sold for 50, yeah. uh, especially, for example, on the Atari platforms. They're very expensive. And, well, it's also because they are uh, physical releases, but uh, I've never bought any of those. But if I do, then I would expect that they are worth that price and I would be more critical of those games compared to really homebrew, which to me means brew at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so not uh, made by a professional company. company. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, these are a lot of these are just full-blown indie games and they decided to use like a platform like Game Boy Studio or something to make something. And uh, they easily could have chosen something like uh, Game Maker Studio and then they could have released it on Switch or something and then it suddenly is a game to be reviewed. I don't know. So um, it's it's interesting that that the divide between ho the homebrew uh, and like indie games. I think I don't I don't see any difference other than it's made on a limited platform, which even maybe is more impressive. So for me, yeah, of course <laughs> I like homebrew games, or else I wasn't in this show. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it still stands. Are we going to spend time with shitty games? Uh, that's that's <laughs> the question. Uh, if there's a game we don't like, are we going to bring that to the show? For me, I don't think that adds a lot of value. But we can maybe say two or three sentences about them. Like, okay, I played this, but personally, I didn't like it or something. And uh, yeah, maybe I think be careful that is fair. to buy it or something. But first of all, we should receive these games, in my opinion. I, I'm, I, nowadays, I still buy my games and sometimes I buy physical editions, but it really gets out of hand, uh, uh, especially with import taxes and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's very expensive. Are you I right? recently uh, bought uh, Kutsu or Kutsu. I don't know how you uh, pronounce it. It's a, Katsu. It's a Game Boy game, and uh, I, I bought it cartridge only, and it had to. It's made by Mega Cat Studios. Yeah, and I think I paid like forty euros or thirty euros for cartridge but, but, only. Yeah, but we and can't. And then I had to pay import fees and shipping fees and. I think I ended up 50 euros or something. And yeah, I don't even know if I like that game. So to be honest, this is like, okay, developers sent us your games and we will review them. Uh, we say something about it, probably, uh, if it's good enough. I think that's the my stance. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's fair. Like, So I, I think we should, uh, we should definitely talk about games that are not very good, that are commercial. And why is that? Because we want to say, we want to tell people our opinion. And if they're not very good, maybe they're not worth the money. So I think mm. we should bring them because of yeah. that reason specifically. And then, yes, we need, we need people to understand that there's a small sacrifice. I mean, I, I have discussed this before, but I've had, I had, did have answers from some developer that just thought we wanted free games. Um <laughs> I tried, you know, very politely to say, listen to the podcast. We talk about games. It's not 
what you think. But he, he didn't really want to hear any reasons. So I said, well, you know, up to you. And we didn't do it. But I think developers need to understand that we are doing this for everyone. We, first of all, we do it because we like it. And mm. then, you know, as a, as a sort of service for other people, also we do it for free, so we don't get any money for it. There's no way to make any money, let's say, for us, but yet we are spending money to buy the games to talk about them. And, I mean, we decide to do that out of our own will. So it would be nice and a bit compassionate from the developers to say, oh, look at these guys, they're doing this, let's give them some games. To be fair, most uh, companies I have asked, they always gave me the game, all the developers, they've always been very generous and they have... Uh, True. Yeah, and especially they can also, most of the time, uh, a ROM is even more convenient than a cartridge because we don't even yeah, yeah. live close to each other. So if they send the cartridge, we can only, one of us play it, can play it. So it would be even more convenient if they just sent a ROM to us and then we can just yeah. review it. And yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, they trust our opinions about it. Yeah. Totally, I th- I th- totally. I think we have said what we <laughs> had to say about this. I don't know if you have any ending remarks. Um, I don't know. Not. I don't think about. I can't think about anything right now. It's just let's be. Let's be honest. Let's be constructive, and uh, can move on from this. And uh, and hope people that are listening to the show will appreciate what we do. And if there are any developers, um, get in touch. Some of them have been in touch on Twitter, right? Just recently. And um, let us know your games and if we can, because also don't forget there's a huge amount of game being produced. I mean, I wouldn't say probably more than there was when the actual consoles came out. So it's really (laughs) difficult to be able to give everyone a voice. Uh, We try, as as we do said, we try to gravitate um, around the games uh, and Diego. We try to gravitate around the games we like and we think are good. Uh, some, Some of them immediately strike a and you say a chord with me, they I can see oh that that must be lovely. And usually I'm right, but for me, yeah. Subjectively, let's say. Then I look at it in, in more of detail. But it's very hard for us to cover every single game. So even if if you give us some your titles of the game you're working on, we'll look at them. And if we can, we'll include them in in the podcast. But keep in mind you are so many uh, that and we're three and we do two episodes a month. So <laughs> and we spend we like do. if we bring the to the show we bring like we spend like thirty minutes on your game so <laughs> it's uh, maybe good publicity. So uh, yeah, well, I think we can continue on to the main romp of the show. Yeah. Um, our game of the year of twenty twenty three. So I gave the assignment to you guys to make a top five of uh, the games you played for the show in 2023. Mm. And um, with one rule, there must be at least one free game uh, in the in this list, in your top five. So hopefully uh, you both got, uh, have a nice list. And um, I thought let's start with our number five. Oh, do and, do we need to put them in order? I I just bought five random. Okay, sorry. Well, you start. I'll put them in order. <laughs> do you have it in order, Jago? Well, I was wondering if you wanted an order, so 
I'm, I'm kind of undecided of this order. It's not very serious, but for the sake of having an order, let's say I have an order. <laughs> okay, well, bring us your number five then. Uh, my number five, okay, so that would be not exactly a 2023 game, but a game that I played in 2023. Uh, I have two exceptions for this. They are both 2022 games, so not that old. Mm. And it's a game for the CPC Amstrad. It's actually the competition winner of CPC 22 competition for homebrewing on the Amstrad. And that was Farming Spirits. Mm. I think I really like this because, at least for me, it was a kind of novelty mechanics. I'm sure that more experts, people like you, have seen it <laughs> in other games, but it was refreshing and I just had fun playing with it. It was different, it was weird, it was nice to look at. And uh, on CPC, that it's a, a um, platform that I say I always neglected for ages, so finding a game that hooks me on that platform is always very nice so it definitely made my top five nice that's farming spirits from uh, truncado studios so did you bring this to the show i don't think so right not yet yes i did oh really now that you mention i thought i should really pick only games i brought to the show <laughs> for my top five that was i, I hope i understood it right it had yeah. to be a game played in 2023, if not developed in 2023, but and that we brought to the show, and uh, and a game for retro platforms, not a game that we talked about, but it's for Windows, so to speak. That wouldn't be very fair. Hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, Andy, are you ready with your top five? I am ready. So, so I, you want number five, yeah? Yes. <clears throat> well, so before I, I say my number five, I would like to ask a question because I have put one entry that, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, there is a demo, I think, and it's not being released, but I don't know if it's going to be released, but I played lots on it, lots and lots, and I found it really nice. So I don't know if that counts or doesn't count. Uh, yeah, just, just, uh, just bring if, it. Right, so if it counts, that strict. <laughs> yeah, so if it counts, then certainly the number five in my list, number five, is Chekonoid or Sekonoid. Oh yeah, the game on Amiga. Yeah, that was really, really a lovely game from uh, Hoffman. So it was a port, I think, as well from a uh, Steam game, if I recall yeah, correctly. I played that uh, version. Uh, yeah, preparation for the show. I remember we played, yeah, yeah. You, well, you played and I played as well, and we both gave our opinions on this. And um, yeah, I think uh, Hoffman was so very kind to give me the ROM file for that. And when we had a look at that, I did it on my original Amiga, and it was really incredibly built. And that would have been, for me, in my opinion, personally, a great hit in uh, in the years that. Um... Oh, you know what? I just thought. I thought this is could be the criteria as well. Would this would the game that we're playing be a massive, massive, huge hit if it were released back in the eighties and nineties? That could be a criteria of um, 
of giving a, a rating. Anyways, <laughs> I I was just um yeah sorry my 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 thought derailed. Anyways, uh, he was really nice to give me this rom, and it looks really amazing. And it would I my opinion be a really big hit back then. Um, everything of it is uh, screams like really modern, and I really loved it. Nice. Well, uh, my number five is Repugnant Bounty, the game uh, on Game Boy Color. Uh, It's like a a gated exploration game. And we had uh, the developer on our show. What was his name again? Uh, Skittles. Skittles. (laughs) Skittles. We had Skittles on our show as well. Uh, Really fun to talk with him. Um, Yeah, initially Repugnant Bounty was... Maybe a little bit janky. It was like um, you really felt it was made in that Game Boy Studio uh, engine. There was like some issues with hit detection. and But when I got into it and I got playing after a half an hour, I couldn't stop playing that game. And I just really loved the whole game, except for the final boss, which was way too hard and he's already <laughs> said it was tuned down so i don't know how, how you could even beat that boss uh i i i beat it but uh with a lot of safe dates to be honest <laughs> but uh yeah uh fun time uh i, I love that's one of my favorite genres of course uh gate exploration and this is yeah, basically metroid, metroid 2 clone and on my one of my favorite systems as well so this, yeah, you could do no wrong, I guess. <laughs> so, I yeah. I remember that game, Rock, yeah. Bounty. Uh, go check it out. Um, Jago, you're number four. Uh, all right, so... Number four. My number four would be Little Sisyphus for the NES. Oh. That was a late 2023 game from Public Games. And that was also the winner of a competition, if I remember right. Yeah, it won yeah, eventually, yeah, it eventually, right? Uh, Nesdev. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well in, in the case of Farming Spirits, I, I knew it had won because I, I had it uh, on my list exactly because I've been following the competition first. But in, with the Sisyphus, we reviewed the game before we knew the result. Mm. I was a bit surprised because uh, it's a challenging game. It's difficult to get started on it, but I loved it because it also fre- seemed fresh and novel to me. It felt hard, but in a good way that wanted me to master the mechanic of that game. Although I have to say I didn't manage to finish it. It's still too difficult to finish, but I got fairly far, maybe two-third or three quarters into it Mm. and it also just had the perfect feel the the look of it the sound of it yeah everything really nice was spot on yeah cool so that's my second pick and it's your free pick it's free to download so uh well yeah farming spirits also is free and I even think that Farming Spirits uh, got the source code available. Ooh, nice. So if, if you like to tinker with uh, with games and know that I don't remember what was the programming language used, but uh, 
that's an option for you to expand it even further. But yes, uh, Little Sisyphus is name your own price, to be honest, so make your own judgment. But if you want to try out, it's anyway free. Yeah, and hopefully they uh, will re they will release the cartridge. I think every Nest Dev they do like a cart like a collection cartridge, and there were really yeah. nice games uh, in the Nest Dev. So uh, would be really nice cartridge to have. Cool. Okay, and uh, your number four, Andy. So here comes the 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 entry that I really liked, but is not ready yet, which is Pio Pau. Oh. Yeah, I'm jealous you played that. <laughs> yeah. That game was really fantastic. I don't know at what point it stands in the development cycle, let's say. I'm, I did get in touch with um, the dev and, ask him, and asked him if there's any updates. But I didn't receive an answer that was uh, yes or no. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then he was busy, so I didn't contact him anymore. But... I'm really hoping this game goes through because it's uh, a really nice puzzle game. I really like that puzzle game. And so, uh, yeah, just as a reminder, it's a one-screen puzzle game with a little map as well that you can choose where to go. And it's got like an indicator of the puzzle. It's it, it's um very complete, complete game for me. I think it was ready then to, to be shipped. Apparently not. It's still not available, but it's really, really good. So when it comes out, I would keep my eyes peeled for that. It was also a roguelite, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. You could find some items in the map, and then you could then bring them back, like some helper items, and then you it could bring really them nice. back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it gets uh, released in 2024 so everyone can play it. would be a nice I one. hope so. Cool. Yeah. Okay, my number four is... Him's, him's quest or okay. Hime's quest. You you know the uh, correct uh, Japanese uh, pronunciation. Uh, Hime's quest. Hime's quest. Uh, that's also a Game Boy Color game. It's free to download. Yeah, it's basically a two D Zelda game, but with uh, anime characters. It was pretty short, but it was like incredibly well designed. It played like like a triple A release from back then, so uh, it really felt like a like a Zelda game uh, from the for the Game Boy. And yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. you talking about the boss battles on that one. It, it, yeah, it's just just a really good time, and yeah, I, I, there was like nothing to complain about. I think I can't remember anything uh, I could complain about, except it's really short. So yeah, let's complain. It's short. It's, yeah, it could be, yeah. Maybe a Eames Quest 2, a paid one, maybe. I, I would be down for that. I'll buy that in a heartbeat. So, uh, yeah, great one. Yeah, that's cool. Good. Now, well, then we go to number three. Number three. Diego. Okay, so here I have a Commodore 64 game. There had to be some, of course, in my top five. And my pick is actually Space Station 23 by Vector 5 Studios, another Name Your Own Price game. I really had fun with that game. Uh, it felt very classic Commodore 64 to me. It, the, everything, the type of game, the look of it, uh, it, it felt like an 80s game, which, well, can be a good or bad thing, depend how 
how you look at it because I also think that nowadays we have games that surpass the the typical level of 80s Commodore 64 games but this genuinely gave me a good nostalgic feeling without being an actual 80s game mm. and I really liked that I really loved that for some reason and it was fun to to play all of it start to finish this is a game that I I couldn't stop until I had finished even if it wasn't incredibly long mm. so uh, thumbs up and uh, possibly my favorite Vector 5 Studios game this far so it was very nice to to see it released this year. Yeah, you like the Vector 5 games. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Andy, you're, top, you're number three. And here comes Pig Quest. A Pig Quest for me, number three. Uh, it was a beautiful, um, how do you say, uh, scrolling screen? I don't remember. Flip screen? Flip screen. Platformer. Very, seemingly very hard until you pour some hours into it and then it becomes quite okay and incredible graphics incredible music for me incredible gameplay incredible you know uh, everything on 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 a c64 just uh, i don't know how they made that fit in there and incredible team very nice very affable and, and polite and friendly and funny had one of the best episodes in my opinion yeah it was really fun especially the yeah, the, 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 the cartoonist, uh, Momo or something. Momo. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Momo. man, that was uh, really fun uh, to, to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, they were all fun. They were all fun. Yeah, of course, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, had, I have good, warm feelings about that. But I don't know. Did we really review that game, actually? Well, we in the end, we played it. Yeah, we, we ended up, we, we were supposed to like talk about the game in detail, but then it ended up being in like a, a nice chat with them and we just mm. having fun. So, yeah. but that that's the way things go sometimes and it was good like that as well. Nice. Well, uh, a big quest is also my top, my number three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I have a proposition, which is, I know it's, it's our, it's our, judgment it's our vote sort of and then I, what i'm trying to say here if we all agree on certain games and maybe we find ourselves in agreement that certain game is a good game altogether we give it we we just put a little badge on the website saying that is the game we all liked <laughs> yeah uh okay our official game of the year i don't know but yeah i don't know it's, it's just hard. our choice only, only if we all agree. If we don't, it just stays in in the limbo. Mm. Oh, well, so this, they, this is uh, definitely a contestant. Especially, I think I, I never play Commodore sixty four games, and uh, this guy, this game, convinced me to actually find my uh, Mister Core and uh, put that up for the first time and try this game. And it was really fun to play it as well on the stream, and even with uh, Antonio uh, giving me hints uh, in the chat and. Uh, and I think I did one with you, Andy, as, uh, with commentary. Yes, w yes. It was, was really fun to do, uh, to figure out this game, because it it starts off really hard, but if you learn where all the secrets are, and it really, yeah, you really have to be careful as well and find out all the tricks, and yeah, then it gets manageable. Yeah, there's loads of hidden gems. Oh, sorry. What's it called? Uh, Easter eggs. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, but I think you even have to find them to get anywhere. So it's yeah. like more like a sometimes sort of puzzle game in that way. Yeah, I had a really good time with it, but it's the only game I didn't beat in my top five. Ah, uh, Antonio Savona, the, the author. Well <laughs> he done. He brought me to my knees. <laughs> you managed to beat Widow. Not easy task here. But um, yeah, the last level was... Um, yeah, hard and uh, long. So um, I, um, yeah, I, I never went back to it. But I recently, before making this list, I watched those that footage again on YouTube. And first, I had this game on I think number five in my list, and I watched that U- YouTube footage we made, and yeah. I thought, wow, this game is so good, and I had so much fun doing this. It it got my number three now. So uh, yeah, great job. The best uh, Commodore 64 uh, game I played so far. But uh, yeah. I didn't play a lot. But uh, my number three. Number so, three. Yeah. Again. Let's go to number two. Uh, okay. Well, number two for me, that has to be Good Boy Galaxy hmm. for GBA. That's a fully commercial game. And uh, I think that I would put it... It was definitely a top five now. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure about the ranking, but I, I would put it this high in my top five list, mainly for the sheer amount of content. So it really has a lot of things to discover. Not so much about the gameplay, to be honest. I, that's very, very hard to, to tell, to put these games in a certain order, to be honest. Mm. But uh, as for the, the the amount of different things that you can go after in this game, if you get past the negative points that I've already been talking about too much, it can guarantee that you have a very long playtime ahead of you with this game. So it can keep you entertained for longer than many other games, in fact. Mm. So and then of course there is uh, nothing nothing missing from the quality point of view everything looks great the control works perfectly so te- technically speaking it's amazing but you pro- you had the little problems with the game design uh, as how it was yeah 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 um, but it's more like maybe yeah with the frustration i got in the, in the sense of the level design, yeah, yeah. Mm. So maybe that's just me. So take it with a grain of salt. The game anyway is amazing, but all all my five picks are anyway. So well, yeah, and it's your number two, so it's it's yeah, it's high on your list. So uh, and and yeah, all it, the, and Game Boy games. So. Honestly, I just made the list. Uh, I I thought a lot about my top five, but I just made the ranking uh, fairly quickly yeah but at the last minute because um, (laughs) and uh, it is the main reason why maybe the other three so far didn't make it to number two because they are all kind of short or limited Mm. and being rich in in lots of different things you can focus on the game is of course a value so definitely it's an edge compared to the other three games. But in terms of fun, I can't say which one was more fun, to be honest, these four. Mm. Okay. Okay. 
That's well, it. That's clear. <laughs> Loud and clear. Okay, Andy, you're number two. Number two for me. Uh, for me, it was full quiet. Hmm. Yeah. So NES game. It's an NES game, and what a game it is that will keep you busy for hours on hours, finding secrets, exploring areas, um, then, you know, finding out creepy stuff, and probably being killed sometimes. It's a very, very good game for the NES. Um, uh, what can I say? I was just thinking right now, that, that kind of fought quite... A, quite strongly with some other contestants for the first place as well. Um, but um, let's say it went it went second place, I think. And uh, I definitely encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, it's sort of uh, an exploring, puzzle-solving, um, inventory management sort of game. It's, there's a lot in Full Quiet and a story which is really nice. And it seems yeah. to unfold as, the, as you progress in the game. So a really nice package there for the NES. One of the few that I think is worth the price, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, yeah, I played it a little with uh, Calm Like a Bobom in on stream. It's also on our YouTube still. And uh, yeah, I only played an hour, and I already saw it's a really impressive game. And I yeah, think yeah. It, it, it takes hours on end to beat that game because there's a lot of riddles you have to figure out and. It's light, light combat, if I remember. Yeah, it uh, is light. However, with, it's not with easy. a lot of navigation, a lot of navigation, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, it was really impressive and something I never seen before. I think it's really original. I think that is a good point. That's one of them. So yeah, in its originality, I think it has some strong points, and I don't think I've ever seen something like that in the NES. And this, I mean, all, all the list I brought, I think. Uh, would have been massive hits if they would have released this back in the days. I don't know. Yeah. They would have received 11 instead of 10. But yeah, of course, that's no competition with modern game design. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we uh, we learned something in those, uh, what is it, 30 years? <laughs> yeah. So, that's good. <laughs> so uh, my number two is Alwa's Awakening, also an NES game. Oh, wow. Also okay. a gated exploration game. Uh, not a really new game. Uh, yeah, it was just a really nice. I, I first when I started the game, I thought it was like it was really slow. So I thought hmm, this game is maybe not for me. I, it didn't feel right. But uh, yeah, once you get into it and you get used to the slowness of the game, um, you find out that it's sort of deliberate choice that it's slow because it's also more like a puzzle game sometimes like Sokoban elements in there mm, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah little platforming challenges so um maybe i i played a fast-paced metroidvania gated exploration game before it and maybe i just was like whoa this is so slow suddenly but yeah, I was totally hooked to this game and even 100% it, uh, found, found every secret room, every secret. Uh, it's just a really impressive game. And actually, it's a downport of a, of a commercial Steam game. And they really did it really well. So uh, yeah, All Was Awakening. Good game. Nice. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. I think you, did you stream that as well? Mm, 
don't remember. I don't think so. But uh, mm. yeah, I remember we. I saw it on a on the screen as you were playing, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Anyway, do you guys? Before we go to the number one, do you guys have some honorable mentions? Ah, yes, I've got loads. But let Diego go first. Honorable mentions. Yes. Um, well, at least when it comes to 2023 games. I I wanted to mention Tiny Nightmares for the Spectrum. Mm. I think that was um, perhaps not the most um, novel or innovative type of game for me, but uh, I really liked the the puzzle aspect of it and the and the feeling, the general uh, feeling. Once a game, another game that brought me the nostalgic factor without being an actual old title. Mm. And uh, also to to have anyway uh, a mention for a specky game that maybe this year i didn't find that many to talk about and uh, but uh, this was probably my favorite of the bunch okay so honorable mention for me tiny nightmares by ejvg also a name your own price game available on each.io cool and andy i see you have like a list <laughs> i have a lot of games to honorable mention uh I'll just I'll just do two because uh, it makes sense to me. So one, an honorable mention is Zeta Wing. For me, one of the best games on the Commodore 64 in terms of shoot-em-ups. Um, really nice game. And I suppose you mean the new one? Yeah. The Zeta Wing 2. Yeah, Zeta Wing 2. Yeah, they're very similar. So yeah, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Zeta Wing 2 is, is the correct one um, from Sarah Jane Avery. And then I'll mention Sweet and Macabre. I know it wasn't um, it wasn't well received by all of you, but I thought as an MSX game, I just enjoyed it. It gave me some really mani- maniac mansion vibes, even if the game is very different style. It looked so really nice. Yeah, uh, so it's an honourable mention, uh, not for number one, obviously, but uh, it didn't make the list. Hmm. I also have two. Uh, I actually wanted to. Uh, Honorable mention, full quiet as well. If you didn't mention it, Andy, but uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other two are Tapeworm Disco Puzzle on NES. Oh yeah, I really love that game. Really nice soundtrack, and uh, yeah, I, I like the puzzles with the with the sort of snake kind of mechanics and the zany fleas with blood and like the yeah, tapeworm, of course. It yeah, was really was crazy stuff. Really, uh, really fun to play. And uh, really fun to beat that game as well. And uh, Epatris, of course, the GBA oh, yes. uh, Tetris Extravaganza, which got sued by <laughs> by Nintendo or something, or it got a cease and desist letter, unfortunately. But I think you can still get it on uh, Epatris.com, uh, the ROM. So um, right. get it while you can, because it's one of the best handheld Tetris games and most yeah, complete extensive yeah, yeah, Tetris yeah. games. So there's a lot of stuff in there. So uh, yeah, if you're a Tetris fan, definitely get that to try. Even if you're like a modern Tetris fan, because also the modern rules are in there. Okay, well, let's go for our number one. Number Jago. one. Favorite game of 2023. Right, I'm not going to talk too much about this game because you've already did. But for me, that was a big quest for Commodore 64 by Protovision. Hmm. See, see. Another commercial game. 
and not just because it's Commodore 64, yeah. my favorite system, but um, for me, it just hit the right spot in everything that I wanted to have from a game. And uh, so, as I said, I have trouble really put these five games into a ranking. But I didn't have much trouble to think immediately that if I have to pick one, it would have to be a big quest. That's it. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, fair enough. It's also one of your favorite platforms, so it checks out wrongly. Yeah, I might be biased, but yeah, but yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, especially. Well, uh, we didn't mention the music, by the way. Uh, now and uh, well, that was crazy. The epic quest that like new music track on every screen or something. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, I want to shout out that, that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Nice. And the... Gaetano made the music. Just shout yeah. out to them as well. Yeah. <laughs> My Andy, number what's one. what's your number one? I thought you'd have guessed by now. <laughs> I, I can guess. It's the absolutely incredible Good Boy Galaxy by Rick. Um, that was just for me, wow. That's all I can say. Wow. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be surprised that that's also my number one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I After the episode, I continued on playing because I was like 60% or something in there in the game. I don't know. But then I spent, I think when I did the review, I spent maybe 12 hours on it or 15. I don't know. But I ended up, I think, playing it for... 19 hours or something and uh i beat the game and we of course had the spoiler section in the end of the show but yeah uh i can spoil that that was only a fraction of the spoilers you can <laughs> give the game because even the if you beat, spoilers <laughs> yeah even if you beat the game stuff there's still stuff to do let's say uh, that and uh, I also did that. And yeah, it's just an amazing what game. What an amazing game. It's just... Uh, oh, and, did, and you, did you really manage to get 100% on everything? Not 100% because there was like, I think I was like uh, 78% or something. Uh, but there is a lot of stuff still to collect. And in the end, you get like uh, hints where to go to collect stuff. So... That's good. So you get the little indicators to get know where to go. So to clear everything up. So um, yeah, it's a really good game. And uh, maybe I'll end up going to get the 100% because I feel there's still still more content to be seen. Um, at least 20% of the game I didn't see yet. So <laughs> that's quite crazy, right? And uh, I also, I think that it's, Good Boy Galaxy is for me the best game released in 2023, even counting all the games I played last year. That that is a good compliment there. Yeah. So it, it's 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 really amazing. It's, yeah. 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 Wow. I agree. I agree. What a game. What a game. What <laughs> what finesse. You remember you said finesse. Really so, finesse. Um, I guess we can uh, agree uh, Good Boy Galaxy and Epic Quest are the definite uh, standouts uh, of 2023 for us uh, combined. Yeah, and, uh, I agree. Yeah. And maybe they will get, because 
we all mentioned them in our top three. No. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. Diego yeah. was number three, I think, or number two, I don't remember. Uh, yours was number one. Mine was number one for Good Boy Galaxy. I think we should put them like a little little badge made the, the well we didn't we didn't do a game of the year 2022 and uh, maybe if you want because a pig's quest we we played it in 23 but it was a 22 game really right hmm. so we could just we could just declare a pig's quest our 2022 <laughs> Game of the year and oh. Apple Galaxy are 2023 game of the year. Yeah, I think uh, if, if we look at the release dates, I would, uh, I would, uh, I would agree on that. Nice. So at least we give we give some prize to both. <laughs> <laughs> so top game, I'll just put like something like top game of uh, and uh, top game also for Good Boy Galaxy. I think we all had fun playing Good Boy Galaxy. There's no doubt on that. <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, if if anything, I I only regret that I didn't have the time to try all the games that you brought up yourself. Uh, for example, Full Quiet. I am very sure that I would have loved it, and it might as well made my top five. But I just didn't have the, the time to play it when you were playing it, and mm -hmm. so I totally miss it. And Maybe even Zeta Wing 2 would have been probably something I really would have liked. Yeah. Considering the, the, the skills of of the programmer, Sergey Avery. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's the only thing I regret that uh, there were so, man, so many games to play and talk about. But unfortunately, I, I, I didn't share the same experience with you on all, all of these games. Yeah, I, I, that's just to say because Apex Quest and Good Boy Galaxy were two games that we all decided to play, and not the other that made yeah. our top five. Yeah, you're yeah, right. But some they games also just stand out. Like that, if I play a, ga a game so so good as Good Boy Galaxy, I would convince you guys to play it, and uh, the same you guys did for Apex Quest to me. So I think there are, sometimes there's just games which are too good to not be shared <laughs> with each other i think and mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why we played them all i guess yeah yeah cool. uh nice uh, nice list so and uh i think our listeners can uh, at least play uh like at least four or five games for None free if they uh, <laughs> from our from our lists uh, so uh yeah the, the barrier of entry for homebrew games is really low. So go play the, one of these games, please. Anyway, do you guys have any gaming resolutions for 2024? Well, mainly I need to get back into this gaming. So recently I've got myself a, a new video card and I am the little time that I've had these uh, holidays I'm spending with the video card. So we're going out together, we're going for dinner and stuff like that. Good stuff. I hope to get back into the retro gaming really quickly because I need to. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a, a list of games that I want to play. And um, th there is one game especially that we want to release uh, this year because we're already late to the game. And I think everyone will like that one as well. And you know what I'm talking about. Mm. And uh, other than that, you know, I don't, I don't really have many other resolutions. Just do, uh, keep on doing what we're doing for now. And you, Diego? Not 
any special resolution when it comes to homebrew or retro games, to be honest, but uh, with one exception that uh, I have already started during this Christmas holiday. Uh, well, this year it was all about uh, Baldur's Gate 3 coming out. Mm. and uh, But uh, we, we have it, but it's still uh, forbidden to me until <laughs> my wifey finishes it. <laughs> So she is <laughs> playing it currently, so I, I can't touch it until she she has done playing it. But uh, for myself, I I eventually got myself some uh, new copies of the remastered versions of the old ones, Baldur's Gate 1 and okay. 2, and most importantly of Planescape Torment, which is also a late 90, early 2000 games, the late 90s probably, of the same kind of serious and that I never got to play it unfortunately so my resolution is to finish that game I've been playing it many many evenings during this Christmas holiday so I'm already halfway through it I really want to see at least one of the possible ending because that that game is legendary mainly because of the storyline mm. and uh, I've already started to agree with that I, I think I had a uh, not so easy beginning with it because I was thinking too much in terms of uh, combat tactics and then I realized that uh, it's probably not the strength of the game. It really is about the story and the dialogues and the characters you meet. So then once I, once I got it, it, it uh, clicked on me and my resolution is to absolutely complete that game and see how it goes and maybe try multiple times if... Uh, if there are different endings possible. I don't know that because I'm trying not to look at any spoilers yet. Hmm. Nice. Well, my resolution is to not beat some games. <laughs> well, let's, yeah. let's say it like this. <laughs> I, I have that sort of urge when I play a game, I have to beat it. But sometimes I have to beat, I have, I have to keep playing like, yeah, maybe games I not even en enjoyed that that much i so, did that with movies yeah yeah i understand you though so it's not, it's not a bad movie i have to finish it even if it's, yeah, it's complete yeah, for yeah. me as well and uh maybe i have to learn myself that if the game if i don't enjoy it anymore just say okay i got enough of this game <laughs> i stopped playing it and pick up something else because there's so many games to play I did that. Uh, I did a stream personally to like manage my backlog, and it was like I thought, okay, let's pr prioritize some games above others. And then I had like a list of prioritized games, and it were still like thirty games or something. <laughs> so yeah, I really have to just abandon some games as well uh, this year, and just be sure to keep having fun and not being like a crazy person and have to see the end <laughs> credits all, all the time. <laughs> There's so many good games, so I have to play them and not, not the bad ones. Anyway, I think that's it for our show. Let's say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, have yourselves a lovely 2024. Yeah. Stay with us and listen to us during this year and hopefully we will have more, more games for you, I think. Yeah, and... Um, don't forget to rate us on Spotify and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And also you can send us a mail at game at newgameoldflame.com. 
and join our Discord uh, if you like to talk with us. Yeah. No one wants to talk it. with us. No one wants to talk with us. <laughs> they only want to listen to us. Yeah. If you got this far, you probably want to talk to us. And you probably need a psychiatrist. And also, yeah, maybe you have ideas about our topics today, about the perfect game uh, and the ratings and the, and the Gumpy function letter. It would be nice to discuss this even more with you. Anyway, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>